Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome back to Land of Bourbon and Bad Decisions. This is the Relentless Daring Podcast, and I am your host, Tyler Morgan, and here we are engaged in the relentless, daring pursuit of truth, justice, and American jackassery. It has been a busy week, folks. Um, If you can't tell from the difference in the audio, I am rocking a brand new uh, uh, analog recording system. Got a nice XLR analog condenser microphone or uh not condenser um a dynamic microphone so that way it's going to get less of the background noise more of me uh running through a behringer q or xenix q802 usb mixing board which you know there's still some stuff i'm working on getting so hopefully i can get some more uh a little bit better at uh throwing some sounds doing some soundboard stuff in there a little bit easier trying to save sound clips for running sound bites. But, you know, it is what it is. And I've been for straightforward with you the entire time. I am on a shoestring budget. Well, actually, I'm not even on a shoestring budget. i using a piece of rotted baling twine that I found out in the hayfield to hold this whole thing together. So, yeah, it's where I'm standing. I make the guys over at mojo 50 look like they are rolling in all of the money so uh the social media world uh, let me tell you there is a huge huge celebrity just is now getting on twitter for the first time of course he's been kind of out of the loop for the last few years uh serving an armed robbery conviction if you can't tell this, it's OJ. OJ Orenthal James Simpson is now on Twitter. CNN is reporting this as of uh, earlier this afternoon. He's been out of prison for about a year. And so this morning he's fired up a brand new Twitter account. Uh, if anyone wants to follow him, his Twitter handle is at TheRealOJ32. Uh, he, he posted his first video on Twitter this morning. Hey, Twitter world, this is yours truly coming soon to Twitter. You'll get you'll get to read all my thoughts and opinions on just about everything. And yeah, it says that he was surrounded by greenery outdoors, so I'm assuming he was looking for the real killers at the golf course. However, he says, uh, well, he doesn't... Through his attorney had said that he's not really going to talk a lot about all the L.A. stuff, which, can you blame him? Y- yeah, 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 you can. Um, 
Shut up. It was a rhetorical question. You know that. But, yeah, so OJ is getting on Twitter, which I'm sure it's going to work out oh so well for him. But, but yeah, he's one to, uh, I guess, try to convince people via Twitter that he is not the egomaniacal, crazed, potentially murderous thug that, you know, some people like to think he is. I mean, I, I don't know if I call him a thug. Potentially murderous, yes. But again, again, he was acquitted in a jury trial by the by a jury of his peers. So, you know, my opinion on OJ, if he is in fact a murderer or not, is irrelevant because, again, the as Johnny Cochran said, the glove didn't fit, so they had to acquit. But anyone who's ever owned leather gloves will tell you if they've gotten wet and been left to dry. The leather shrinks. But again, neither here nor there. But OJ, from the bottom of my heart to you, welcome to Twitter. You will soon want to delete your account because of all the hate and vitriol that will get thrown your way because of all the crazy people who still think that you killed Ron and Nicole. Alrighty then. Moving on. That's going through here. Uh, so, also earlier uh, yesterday, if I can get my iPad to scroll here, yesterday it was announced through uh, the Secretary of Ag- Agriculture, Sonny Purdue that two branches of the USDA are being moved to the heartland. They are moving them to Kansas City, Missouri. Woo! More government money coming into Missouri. Yay! <laughs> Pardon me. But, um, yeah, uh, uh, this is a being reported on uh, reading this from The Blaze. Secretary of Agriculture Sonny Perdue announced that government would move two research agencies within the USDA out of Washington, D.C. to areas in the United States where food actually comes from. Not that any food actually comes from Kansas City. It's, you know, it's grown in Kansas City, but I digress. On Thursday, the USDA announced plans to to relocate the Economic Research Service and the National Institute of Food and Agriculture to Kansas City, Missouri region in an effort to put offices closer to farming areas, which is great if you're not having to send government bureaucrats on TDY, or temporary duty for the non-initiated, out to places like Kansas City, or Omaha, Nebraska, Des Moines, Iowa, Topeka, Kansas, Wichita, Hutchinson, you you name a place in the Midwest near major farming facilities or you're you know where they're going to you know you know go do research or going to you know study the economic effects of farming on these areas 
if you're not sending people TDY, where then you have to pay the mileage, you have to pay hotel bills, you have to pay uh, food costs, you have to... There's so much additional expenses incurred by these trips. Now they want them to go, you know, go to Omaha, Nebraska to do research somewhere. All they have to do is rent a car versus buy a plane ticket from Washington, D.C. to Omaha or Council Bluffs, wherever they fly into over there. Um, and then have to, you know, they'll have to reimburse that. They don't have... They don't have to reimburse quite the expensive costs. But, yeah, so financially speaking, uh, I was reading, I think it's in this article, how much they hope to save. Let's see if I scroll through here. Yeah, they don't have the savings, but I believe it was $300 million over 15 years. Well, in you know terms of what the United States imaginary budget is every year 300 million dollars over the course of 15 years isn't that much of savings but at the same time we got i'm going to applaud the federal government for actually taking a step to reduce spending and to try to make the bureaucracy actually to where it works for the people but amidst, in the midst of all of this, it's not without controversy. No, 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 no. Not without controversy at all. Because the bureaucrats don't want to have to move. That's right. When Sonny Perdue made the announcement that the USDA is going to be moving these offices from the Beltway to out to Kansas City, there were there were members of the of these groups who stood up and turned their back to Sunny Purdue because oh my gosh, how dare you move us out to the middle of nowhere? There's nothing in Kansas City. I mean it's it's flat and it's horrible. Um, I don't have it pulled up, but I was reading a, a CNN article. It really got into much more. But apparently, you know, one of the big arguments is like, well, they just sprung it on us at the last second. We didn't know it was going on. They knew it was in the works. I can tell you they knew it was in the works because in the CNN article that I read about this particular situation, uh, the... The Economic Research Service and National Institute of Food and Agriculture have been trying to unionize since May. So for, what, a month they've been trying to get unionized, which if they weren't already unions, I'm shocked that they weren't part of the government employee union, whatever those moose knuckles call themselves because uh, apparently if you work for the government uh, if you're a civil service you just can't say 
I volunteered my duties at to to serve. Well, not volunteer my duties, but I voluntarily enter into an employment agreement with the federal government. And should they decide to fire me at any time, by all means, because they all want to get their twenty years and collect their pensions. Yippee, Skippy. And that's all it boils down to is like, yes, the inconvenience of having to move sucks. I was in the Army, moved from Missouri to Fort Knox. I moved from Fort Knox to Fort Hood. I moved, when I got out of the Army, I moved from Fort Hood back to Missouri. It is a pain in the dick, I understand. But it's not like they won't the government won't pay to have them move. I've looked at some U.S. or not necessarily USDA, but uh, some DOD, DA type jobs where if you have to move as a part of having that job, just like with the military, they will cover a significant portion of your moving expenses, if not all of it, depending on how much you actually have. But at the same time, and uh, I'm gathering that one of the things are being told is if you don't move, uh, bye-bye. Which, okay, I can see that, but at the same time, it's... Once you have your foot in the door with one of these uh, federal civil service jobs, if your job is going to get moved, but you still want to, but you don't want to lose your job because you don't want to move, you go to this wonderful website called www.usajobs.com. Yep, the same website you went to to apply for the job you currently have and you find a commissarate job of roughly equal pay who not maybe maybe better pay maybe you're a GS5 making $30,000 a year and there's a GS6 job that's available it's still USDA so you don't have to learn new systems it's you just have to transfer from one from one to another. You click on it and you say, hey, I'm transferring. And usually that gets you higher up on the hiring scale than just being some than some noob out of fresh out of college and hasn't done squat with his life since he was eighteen years old. It's not entirely unreasonable. But these people, in an act of bravery and defiance to the Secretary of Agriculture, just to stand up and turn their backs because you know, we can't be bothered to move, man. We have our lives established here. I'm sorry. Again, from the Army veteran, not a lot of sympathy about the whole having to move in order to fulfill the duties of your job. Get over yourselves. You are not that important. Granted, uh, there are parts of the 
or certain members of the USDA as and as other staffers for Secretary Purdue, they are concerned that if they were just to all quit at once, it'd be a massive brain drain, both in their respective fields and no and you know economic resources uh scientific resources within those two departments you know you have you know the people knowing what's going on it also be a brain drain as far as knowing how to work the system in order to accomplish what you need to as far as uh processing for funding and you know process for logistics budgeting and all of that but you know it's which that's that's a fairly you know a, a fairly big concern which I understand but again having been part of the government and knowing how the government works I don't see it being an issue with you know retaining those necessary as long as they want to be retained if they would rather quit the move well I don't know how they would function in the corporate world where if in order to get a promotion they had to move well, but I'm already established here man what do, what do I I don't know I can't move just no, it's not. You can't pay me enough to move, but it is what it is. And you know, I'm sure they will eventually get over it. But yeah, I doubt that. All right. So another big thing that happened last week was President Trump did an exclusive interview with George Stephanopoulos. You know, the guy from the the press secretary for William J. Clinton. Or if you didn't follow politics and you remember the show from the show Friends from the 90s, he also had an apartment near the one that the people from Friends shared in. They were obsessed with watching George Stephanopoulos enjoy his apartment. I don't know. I haven't seen the show in like 20 years. It just kind of popped in my mind every time I hear George Stephanopoulos' name. That's a hard thing to do. And your last name is Stephanopoulos, and then you want to go possessive? George Stephanopoulos? George Stephanopoulos, period? Or apostrophe? I don't know how it's done. But, you know, I digress. But during the interview with George Stephanopoulos, President Trump said that if he were to be confronted again with some with a foreign operative, whether it was a foreign national, whether it was from a foreign government, with potential dirt on a political rival, he shocked the country by saying, yeah, I would take the meeting, and depending on how the meeting went, I would 
tell then I would decide if I would tell the FBI. Hmm. Huh. Interesting. I mean, I can kind of see where, you know, you wouldn't want to rouse the suspicions of someone who the FBI could take in a, you know, counterintelligence investigation. That would be nice. But at the same time, you know, what's it going to hurt to hold the meeting? I honestly don't know. Um, you know, we had a ton of, they, they called them TARP briefings in the Army, Threat Assessment, Response, and Prevention. And it's basically, it's more geared towards insider threats. You know, how do you recognize that, you know, Bob over in accounting is going through a divorce, has three mortgages on his house, filing for bankruptcy and based on based on budget cuts Bob is considered a redundancy and might not be around anymore so Bob would have a you know one of those uh, cavalier nothing to lose attitudes where eh, maybe just maybe Bob would sell some inside secrets that he may he may have uh, gotten a hold of during his career that's what those briefings are for. And they tell you at these briefings, if you are confronted with someone who you think is from an adversarial nation or even a friendly nation, because, you know, face it, Britain spies on us, France spies on us, Germany spies on us, the Mossad and Israel spies on us. It's, and we spy on all of them. It's one of those uh, one of those little things they don't tell you about, but you know, it's just kind of out there. So I mean, the the it's a question of, you know, do you take the meeting? M- maybe you do, and you take that meeting and you you know, you know, commit names description you know physical descriptions where it happened do they want to meet again you you can take down all that information and then be like then you could go to the fbi and say hey i was approached by these people i took the meeting there really wasn't anything exchanged but i have all this information and that's one of the things they do tell you in these TARP briefings. If you are approached on the street by someone wanting to sit, to have a meeting about whatever reason, that is stuff that you can you can tell the counter intel office. That, hey, I was approached by I was approached by this girl. Her name was blah blah blah. This is what she looked like. Blah blah blah. Uh, these are the kinds of questions they were asking me whenever whenever they were trying to set up the meeting and this all goes you know goes towards building their counter intel case and the same could be said you know i don't think donald trump is entirely wrong and and, and i emph- emphasize ent- 
entirely because you know the fact of the matter is if you are approached by someone claiming to have connections with a foreign power you should not accept the meeting period in the story but and then you should you know take note of who, as many details as you can and then go to the FBI but Donald Trump he was somewhat he was you know straightforward you know he didn't seem to pull any punches on on it but he uh sort of told George Stephanopoulos yeah I, I I would I would take the meeting and if nothing came of it if they didn't offer anything I don't know if that's being picked up on the mic but there's some there's some thunder boomies going on outside um you know yeah take them yeah take the meeting and yeah if if nothing comes up you know like the you know like the Trump Tower meeting it was supposed to be about adoptions, but they were trying to sell us uh, some oppo research that they they couldn't provide anything for the oppo research, so we walked away. Well, I think you know, then they walked away. They didn't say anything to the FBI that yeah, yeah they they were trying to shop this info to us, but we did we they also didn't have it available, so we didn't take it. But, you know, it it comes down to, then he goes on Fox later on to say that, you know, to clarify, let's see if I have his clarification in here. Uh, In a Fox and Friends interview on Friday, Trump clarified himself saying that he would, of course, report any and all dirt to the FBI. Um think he still left that kind of muddy that you know if he took the meeting and he learned dirt he would go to the FBI and say that yeah I took this meeting they shopped this information to me they're shopping information to me and you know instead and then he's like and I've already made copies of all the dirt, but I will tell them the dirt that was given given to me. Now, hopefully he means that if the dirt that he was given was a you know, it was a manila envelope full of pictures of somebody engaged in an illicit relationship with someone who was not their spouse. You know, you know, he would give those pictures, but at the same time, depending on how long it is between the meeting and, you know, and reporting it to the FBI that a staffer for Donald Trump couldn't go and make copies of all that dirt. That way they have theirs. And then they, they give the originals to the FBI. And then they go ahead and they use that dirt. I, I don't know because it's, it's that whole situation with as far as what everything the Mueller report was going after. There is so much gray that can be navigated in where 
Yeah, what they did, it wasn't exactly legal. Well, it wasn't exactly illegal, but it just still looks shady as all hell. And they're so good at working the shade and just trying to, uh, you know, not be fully forthright and honest. Which, it's part of the reason why I didn't vote for Donald Trump. Is because I... As soon as I heard he was getting into the race, I just kind of, ew. I mean, the notion of Donald Trump running for president was incredibly novel. And it's something that I don't know how many people have, you know, said over the past, what, 16, 20 years Oh, Donald Trump needs to run for president. He's a businessman. He understands what's going on. He he can negotiate these deals. We need Donald Trump to run. Which, like I said, I, I, I fully understand the sentiment. But at the same time, Donald Trump has quite the track record. He had nothing, and I mean nothing, political to go off of but if you look at his business dealings you know the number of bankruptcies he's had promises he's made that never got fulfilled and it's like why are people so in love with this guy and then shortly after he gets in the race he starts getting the orange cheeto orange cheeto man bad you know from the left and from some on the right. And you, and especially on the right, you started getting the Cheeto Jesus is going to save us all. Which is an, as equally obnoxious a position as Orange Man Bad. But yeah, so, and the fact that Donald Trump, even after all the hubbub of the Mueller report, yeah, I wouldn't do anything different. I'd still hold the meeting and blah, blah, blah. And if they if they gave me something usable, I would go to the FBI. If they gave me something not usable, eh, well, maybe we'll see. It's, it's the moral ambiguity that he's had for the past 50 years. He doesn't necessarily have to keep every everything above board just yeah, 90% of it and that's an awful awful way for a politician to to handle their business like yeah, I'm going to keep yeah, 90% above board it's, what are they doing with that 10% that's below the table I mean are they are you going to you know, use it, that 10%? Is that the uh, accepting bribes for to get certain things through? Is that, you know, again, if he got information from a foreign entity, would he make his own copies first? Or would that manila envelope remain sealed and intact and be handed over to the 
to the FBI or CIA, whoever it was he was giving it to, to run the counter-intel investigation. I don't know. And I know Donald Trump has done a lot of good things in office. But at the same time, I still take the all the good stuff that he's done with a grain of salt. That grain of salt being he has a history of doing what works for Donald Trump and everyone else be damned. But also in response to the uh, to Donald all the, this Donald Trump interview. Oh, Senate Democrats, they did not waste time. No, 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 no. Let's see if I can find what the name is. Uh, they were, on Friday, the, the Senate Democrats introduced the, a bill known as the Foreign Influence Reporting in Elections Act. Mark Warner, Democrat, Virginia. Huh. And it required the unanimous consent of the Senate, kind of like the uh, uh, the Born Alive Child Protection Act. Required 100%. And when that one senator stood up and said, we don't need laws protecting the unborn who somehow miraculously survived their abortion attempt. And that that maneuver was on the right, was looked at with such horrible cowardice. Oh my God. Are we going to hide behind one person? Well, it didn't take... But now... Uh, Senator Marsha Blackburn from Tennessee. She's getting all the praise and glory. I don't know about everything right wing, but definitely uh, Fox News. She was the one who stood up and said, "Mm, nope, this is a sham, and I'm not going to vote for it because, you know, as much as everyone wants to blast Donald Trump that, oh, my God. He may have had connections with the Russians. No one says anything about the fact the Clinton campaign hired Steele, a British subject who conspired with members of Russian government to produce and manufacture a a transcript of misdeeds, if you will. And then they shopped it to the media. They shopped it to the FBI. They shopped it to the Senate. They shopped it to the Congress. Wouldn't be surprised if it was shopped to the the sitting president at the time, President Barack Obama. And they said, well, we can't verify any of it's true, but do we go after him? Yeah, all of that, all of that scenario was engaged in by the Clinton campaign and completely ignored. Because, oh, that Donald Trump, he, he, he just colluded with the Russians. And you know, there's people on the right 
you know, whether it be the far right or whether it be, yeah, they, they flirt with the conservative values who immediately go, you know, jump on that orange man bad bandwagon and that's all you hear from them. And, you know, I don't know. It's shenanigans, shenanigans, shenanigans. That's all I can. Re- that's the only thing I really point to in that. There is a creature that inhabits the swamps and woodlands of the southeastern United States. This is a mysterious creature unknown to modern man. This creature is Homo Floridius. The Florida Man, and these are his sightings. And closing out, we got a twofer on the whole fl- on the Florida Man sightings. All right, Dateline, Hillsborough County. Florida Man's order was n- up. After deputies discovered a bag of meth inside a styrofoam container of hot, fresh potato wedges. James Simpson, 48, was arrested Saturday afternoon after police conducted a traffic stop. Oh, my goodness. In a Facebook post, the Hillsborough County Sheriff's Office office posted pictures, uh, you know, the mugshot of Mr. Simpson, as well as the evidence of the methamphetamine-laced potato wedges. I'd like an order of potato wedges with a side of meth during a traffic stop. Hashtag Team HCSO. Learn the passenger of the car, James Simpson, 092770. Had an active warrant for FTA possession of drug paraphernalia from Polk County. When our deputy searched the car, he found six grams of methamphetamines inside a container mixed with his hot, fresh potato wedges. Mr. Simpson has been charged with possession of a controlled substance. End quote. I mean, first of all, no, I don't even know where to start because he wasn't even the driver of the vehicle. Uh, was where I'm gathering, he was the passenger. But I suppose if you're the passenger, they're going to probably want to see some ID. So, you know, you got to give up your, which leads to another thing. If you've been charged with a misdemeanor paraphernalia possession charge, Show up to your court date. Yeah, you might get a couple days in the couple days, month or so in the clink for possessing the paraphernalia, but when you have a warrant out for failing to appear because, oh man, I don't want to go. I can't. I almost drive in jail, man. I almost drive in jail. You know, they'll, they'll they'll do things to me, and you know, I just have to lay there and take it. You know, you're kind of at a loss because it's, you know, you're, it's a ticking time bomb is 
when are you going to get pulled over? When are you going to be riding in a vehicle with somebody? And the cops ask for your ID. And surely you could, if you have a paraphernalia possession charge, perhaps you should find a better place to hide your meth than inside your order of potato wedges. And in our other story, our other sighting of Florida man, oh my goodness, my iPad is losing its mind. Hold on. Ah, yes. It's going here. And this is coming out of Brevard County. On Thursday, Christopher Monin, age 35, was stopped around 1.30 in the morning by Palm Bay Police for acting suspicious. Because, you know, people slinking around at 1.30 in the morning is never, ever, ever suspicious under any circumstances. According, police say that Monin had with him a white garbage bag full of what he identified to police as deflated pool floats. According to the Brever Times, Monin admitted to police that he had burglarized several homes to steal the pool floats. And then led to police to a vacant house where he had a stash of about 75 floats. Huh. He couldn't possibly be up to no good with that. Uh, Monin told authorities that he sexually gratifies himself with the pool floats instead of raping women. Huh. My goodness. But, I mean, I don't know. This is, it's one of those stories that I can see where he's coming from and I can almost understand, but I certainly cannot condone. If I may steal a line from the late Doc Thompson, wherever you are, enjoy your vacation. I mean, I think he should be commended because here's a man who obviously has rapey urges and the same time he is going out of his way to not be rapey granted the uh, the pool floats are they might not necessarily enjoy it but then again they are a they are an inanimate object they really can't struggle or you know yeah, well, at the same time, they can't give consent either, so the hippies still win. Son of a bitch. But, I mean, I don't know. Any, I would joke about uh, vinyl fetish, but that's actually a thing. Um, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss on this story. Um but 75 pool floats. Man had quite the harem. All right, that's going to do it for me tonight. Oh, my goodness. 
So I hope on your end, this new audio sounds awesome. I am glad I've, I've made the investment. I really am. And for those of you who have been following along and enjoying all this, yeah, I appreciate the support. I really, really do. But um, especially, you know, you know some, some of the people on Twitter – you know, Saves84, my sole listener in South Dakota, thank you so very much. You've been, you know, you know people like you who laugh the jokes. Uh, Shelly, also on Twitter, you know, you will probably listen to this and there will be an offhand comment that you think is hilarious and you will quote it back to me on Twitter and I'm not going to have a damn clue what, you, what I said because stream of consciousness... Half the time, people quote me. I don't realize I said it, uh, unless it's a unless it's a phrase like uh, testicular fortitude. A lot of the stuff is it just pops in my mind, it comes out of my mouth, and then it's gone. It's never committed to memory. So if you crack a joke on something I said on Twitter, and I seem a little lost, dazed, and confused by it, don't feel bad. I was just I was just spouting off, and there was, I had no clue what I was saying. But again, you know, thank you. Thank you all for listening. I cannot say it enough. I appreciate your support. If you want to offer financial support, please go to patreon.com slash relentlessdaring, and please pledge, pledge and help me out. It'll, that'll help go to improving what I am able to do on my end. Um, I'm hoping to be able to start merchandising soon. I don't know. Uh, it's something I'm looking into. If I'm able to merchandise, um, I'll tell you right now, the first 10 people who support me on Patreon, as soon as I'm able to, merchandise you will get a signed t-shirt or a ball cap once i'm able to merchandise and you know love to be able to help you you know you know show my support show my thanks to those of you who are out there listening um again the podcast is is available uh itunes google play stitcher spotify my gracious host over on podbean.com who put up with me every week whenever I have whenever I'm yelling at my internet that why won't you load I'm also now linked up on YouTube you can find you find uh, the newest episodes there I'm trying to figure out what I need to do to get my back episodes loaded up to where they're on YouTube and they can be listened to there obviously I don't have any video it's still all audio theater of the mind kind of stuff but it is what it is uh, again thank you thank you thank you all so much for listening uh, on itunes be sure to smash that subscribe rate it review it makes it easier for other people to find whenever they go whenever they go looking for podcasts say, hey if you like this one you might like this one too and also more importantly share it share it share it share the daylights out of it you know I know you all have friends who they might not listen to the same stuff you do, but 
if you say, hey, check this guy out. He's a, he's a knucklehead who follows a lot of the people I do. Uh, he started his own thing. Get out there. You know, maybe it'll inspire someone else who maybe they have the opposite view on everything. Come out and they put their own voice out there and add to the national dialogue. Again, thank you. Thank you so very much for following along. I hope you enjoyed the new audio quality. And folks, as always, stay relentless. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade.